Hello, welcome back to the podcast. And this podcast episode is going out on a different day to normal. One day early up to the usual time. On Saturday the 7th of January. And this episode is going out as the club reason I hosted. And, well, he hosted also with Mason Milne. Mason is a host of a podcast with it himself and at the start of this episode you'll hear this uh, his podcast being introduced as this was recorded as a crossover episode so it's a bit different to the normal episodes you get from myself as well the episode uh, that was supposed to be out in full next last Sunday but I was then in my first tried to stretch it into two different parts and it was just due to the technical difficulties and our episode is the Sierra Jean Harvey interview and I'll be going out tomorrow and I will be the last one that goes out on the Sunday as then afterwards uh, the, each episode of the podcast will go to be producing and coming out on uh, Thursdays and I'll be Thursday morning in UK time. Yeah, I thought, try something a bit different. Hopefully it'll be better to work best for myself. And then the first Thursday back, you're going to have Thursday episodes. You're going to have this coming Thursday with Natalie India Balamine, the winner of Channel 4's Make Me Prime Minister, on her diagnosis of ADHD and so much more. It was a great interview already. We recorded it. Then afterwards, the Thursday after that, we'll have an interview with comedian Harriet Kemsley. And the, the following Thursday, the last Thursday of January, I think, will be with the uh, Daryl Morris, a broadcaster on Times Radio, chatting about his ADHD. Harriet Kemsley will be chatting about her dyspraxia and Korean comedy. And as I say, these episodes will be coming on Thursdays soon in the future. So hopefully you'll enjoy this crossover. You may, if you listen to me since podcast, you might have already heard it coming out on this feed that went out early on in December. So this is now the time that that it's coming out on my feed. The video of this for you to be able to watch will be going out for a fee since it's gone out for fee on his and will be dropping shortly on the Patreon channel and the new website that I set up and all will be linked below. So hopefully enjoy this interview. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode on the podcast. Um, it's going to be really cool this episode um, because it's it's a multi kind of podcast episode. So it's not just going to go on one podcast, it's going to go on two. So even better. Um, so I'm going to do my intro and then I'm going to give it to Aaron so he can do his podcast intro as well. So to to, to anyone, uh, well, welcome to this episode for my podcast. This will be like um, the last autumn special of this year. 
So it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. We're gonna be speaking about our podcast, our experiences, um, about autism as well, about autism as well. And yeah, it's gonna be really cool. We have set questions for each other, so it's gonna be really cool. So Aaron, I'll let you do your intro. All right. Well, well, welcome to the podcast. They tend to normally do the in, uh, record the intro ahead of the, uh, you know, when doing the editing of it, as you tend to delve straight in with the interviews. But I'll just introduce for your listeners about my podcast. So the podcast I host is called Neuro Autistically Arms Neurocast Pod, where I chat to different people who are neurodivergent. It started out in uh, 2020, but I took a bit of a bigger guest from like the burnout or like a guest just can like sometimes it's not where you stop with an idea, but somehow like it ends up stopping. And then I thought, no, it's time to restart again. I meant to do something. But, productive and a bit fun to do and I really enjoy doing this podcast as it's quite explorative for me to talk to other neurodivergent people about their stories. It's quite early on in the podcast there's only like quite like several interviews up so far with mainly like uh, female and non-binary people as myself as non-binary using them pronouns and We'll so we'll get I uh, got plenty of episodes. It comes out only Sunday at ten p.m. at the minute, and we'll, and I'll be releasing uh, episodes throughout Christmas and New Year with different people. I try to do it from like like a inquisitive edge where we'll, I'll talk about to different people about different issues. Also, I'll touch on like mental health advocacy. Um, but, like uh, different areas of work, uh, where I talk to a PhD student about her research on autism, uh, different like areas like non binary identities and such like uh, Ellis Danlaw syndrome. And then I want this chat to uh, set some questions to ask you about your story with uh, Crohn's, and I also tend to chat about. People's neurodivergent stories, and they know we'll draw a bit out of you. Uh, definitely, it sounds like you got a really good podcast going. I, I like it that you, you, you took a break. I think I need one of them. <laughs> yeah, I guess you, you know, like sometimes you know, like you, you know, like I, I was working on like working it at the time, but I guess sometimes you end up stopping a project. I guess it's because it was like two in the middle of like lo- like the lock. Periods of in and out lockdowns in 2020. Then you know, like sometimes you have to slump on your mental health, and sometimes you just stop doing something for no apparent reason that you can't think of. But now I thought, hey, it's the right time to start going with myself. As you know, when you're in winter, you know, like you don't really end up going outside to do like other stuff. So I thought, great, something to spend my time with. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like. It seems we kind of started our podcast at similar times because I, uh, I started mine in twenty twenty as well. So, um, it was about when the first lockdown was. Um, I, I started it and it is it's been really fun. Like, um, I guess I had more time as well. Um, that back then when it was lockdowns and you was indoors a lot. Yeah. So yeah, I know many people have started different projects for lockdown and like different interests just to keep yourself going and keep yourself mentally occupied 
and you know it's and stuff like this is quite good for like discovering stuff about yourself as many people started to learn and discover stuff about themselves throughout the lock periods of lockdown in that year of twenty twenty. So what was the main reason behind starting your podcast? Not like led up to starting it. Um. Well, at first I had to um figure out what 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 podcast was because at the time, like I I saw other people do podcasts like um and stuff and I thought what is it? And then at the start, like I think what led to it was was like um being being uh, I guess not much to do like uh, I wanted to do something and do the podcast you can speak to different people it didn't start that way I, I kind of started talking about myself for, a little, for maybe a few episodes um, and then I, I discovered hang on a minute I can th- th- there's a way I can hop on a call or something um, and then I can speak to different people not not just from the UK from um, other countries as well so it kind of led on to that and then I thought it was just going to be a lockdown kind of thing like in 2020 but then um it's still kind of here um um like um uh, still affecting people and stuff so i thought i'll, I'll still do it now it's, it's, it's and very interesting yeah uh, as you said you know you started by like talk, like mainly like talking by yourself about yourself and your neurodivergent experiences so what was the things that you started off by talking about um i think i i, I didn't actually speak about uh, like my like my I guess being autistic straight away I guess I, I just I, I, I talked about more my Crohn's side of things to start with and then eventually I thought hang on a minute um there's a a good neurodiverse uh a, a, a neurodiverse community out there as well as a, like a, a Crohn's community so it's good that I could kind of talk about both and then get people about both eventually on but I, I, actually the first guest I did have was a person that works for uh, it's like an organisation I'm part of that um, helps people with all like it's about uh, you not just help people with like who are n- 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 neurodiverse it, it, but, it, but the focus of the episode was about autism really and, and, and stuff like that so um, it led on to that I, I, um, I think and it was it, it, I guess it's it very nervous at the start because you speak to um, people you don't really know yeah, of course, yeah. It's definitely been nervous at the start, yeah, as it was about by myself starting this whole project up. Like, I think for myself, I guess, like, I was listening to podcasts, and when I started to do something that, like, I can find a way of starting to tell my story or, like, learn from other people about being autistic and neurodivergent, as I think only, like, a few years ahead of the pandemic, I would say, trend. 2018 or some like you like that where you started to learn about my autism and dyspraxia and stuff like that and being a real divergent for areas of social media. I was first diagnosed I think in 2010 when I was like 10 years old and so when I was look, looking at that then in my childhood I don't think I understood fully what was being a what meant being neurodivergent and autistic, and then I started to get the ball rolling when it, of understanding that when it kind of creeped into adulthood. Yeah, and it was one of those things, as they say, you're like slightly nervous starting the idea of a podcast, but as you like yourself, it was like finding like an idea from like what you could talk about and get 
get going a bit, and I was anxious of starting with that. Yeah, and I think even now, like I think it's it's got like I I I tend to talk about different topics as well. Um, like the main two, are, of course, would be maybe autism, Crohn's, but I I I put it out there. I like to speak to people about um other things as well, like people's hobbies. I I, I would like to talk about that because I think like we could have we we could have autism, we could have autism, and we could have so someone else maybe like um dyspraxia or, or Crohn's or, or stuff like that but everyone has yeah. hobbies like it's, 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 it's good just I always like to bring that up like um even if someone likes dancing I don't I, I doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> um it's just it's, I, I, I think it, it does I think it's probably expanded since 2020 a lot yeah I guess like well autistic people as you say you know have the like focused interests and interests that really to being autistic you know it's like hyperfixations and certain areas where you know you're hyperly interested on something and can be like a, a fun conversation start and just something like light and fun entertaining to start to talk to a guest on a podcast and a great way of getting to know that person and as I said I guess you think about yourself like making sure your podcast sounds fun and entertaining for the listener discussing a uh, interests and I'd say you probably like meet so many people by hosting your podcast with a whole variety of interests and because like I heard uh, was listening to uh, this book by Pete Romby and that like, he explores his own uh, as focused interests and autistic experience of that and so that's definitely a good thing to start from yeah yeah um so I was diagnosed with autism in when I was nine, so about two thousand nine. Um, so, good while ago. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, how was it uh, when you were diagnosed? Then, so and how, how like you did your autism so often? You was like age age of nine, and what was like the signs and traits, and all I kind of picked up on that. Um. Well, the kind of the traits I did. Um. I guess. Um. When I was younger, you know, you had those um car carpets where you can um like you have, you have, oh, you, have yeah. the, you have the carpets and then like you have I, I had all these car sets and um I I would always play with it I would always put the cars in order or some or colours and, and 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 stuff like that and um like the early two thousands is always remembered like people remember that carpet it's always the same um but I guess it was that and like with. M- magnetics where i would do the same like it was always a, a color thing and um, where i would just put the colors like if it was all reds or blues or greens it couldn't be it couldn't be odd it could, you couldn't have a green and a red car or or something like that um so i i i guess that's how it that way um with sensory wise um but um in like in, in myself i guess it, it it might be noticed that i was very very shy i i, I um I, uh, I especially like sarcasm. Yeah. Um, I didn't really understand it when I was younger. I looked to offence to people. They were invented by a joker. I'll get upset about it and stuff. So I guess that they were the pretty. They were the signs that I have autism. Yeah, as as we're seeing then, you know, it's so like I guess some of the traits you were noticed by were like some of the like typical traits many people say of like what people envisage autism is. And I guess some of that, even though like. 
sometimes, you know, like nine can be like you could have been diagnosed earlier, like when he was like a toddler or like, you know, in infant school. I guess, you know, when you were diagnosed, you know, it helped, I guess, sometimes to show those typical signs on the guess because sometimes people if like you things are less visibly typical traits of autism, it's then harder to pick up and diagnose. And I think for myself, I may be like stuff like struggles with anxiety after I think for myself I was diagnosed when I did. Because I I wonder when I like started puberty, which I started about when I was like nine. And like so I I think I got like thing like super anxious and I kinda always been quite anxious person diagnosed with general anxiety a year before. And I think it's some stuff like that I guess was noticed. And like I think when I was in school, like starting with infant school, I used to like kinda like sort of the poor on the playground and so sort of what to do with myself or like how to get involved with other people and never really like engaged much with like friends from outside of school you know where out of school I was and stuff like that and I'm not sure you know how to engage with other people sometimes you know like it is and like I think things like that you know like yeah yeah, like conversations, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah and I guess you know, I found like, even though like it was diagnosed when it did, or, or like a 10 years old, and you were diagnosed at a certain age. And I think I still end up masking because, you know, with the anxiety and not, and noticing my own, like, you know, like f- trying to find a way of fitting in, as you said, you know, with like issues of small talk. I think like sometimes kind of get used to small talk as like a, like a way of getting by conversation and like it's hard to extend extend that conversation more definitely um and but like when i was that age i didn't really i guess accept that i have autism i always thought it was a bad thing like uh especially in school like um like if if if, if people were, were doing maths for example um and everyone knew what they're doing in the class and I uh, I I would kind of guess mask it about like needing the help when I when I did need the help, but I didn't ask because I didn't don't don't know what other people would think of me if I if I didn't know like uh, maybe a simple question that could be to them, but to me it's like a uh it's it's something I wouldn't get. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, for myself it was like the case where I like for many years like it was only until I started sixth form or in mental for sixth form I texted like a friend I was in school with or like said to people for social media that I'm autistic and you know with and dyspraxic never before said that with any person I was in school with and like it's something that I kind of kept away and like was say to say to anyone because like I think like I was found away off like because of the anxiety he kind of tried to fit in lines with his school, you know, like, and try to follow the rules and sorry about that, microphone accidentally tipped over, and as I was saying, like, there was anxiety when I was, like, in school age, so I tried to fit in as much as I can and follow the school rules, that, and as I said, severely ended masking, and can be quite lonely sometimes for autistic person at that age, because you have to know even if you like come across another autistic person, like 
And all there was when the ever after when putting in the class. Because there wasn't ever talking about being autistic. I never knew that how to start the conversation up about saying, Hey, I'm autistic and like be able to start a conversation on a way related to people and it's something that I think I referenced before in the podcast series that something I've taught been taught about being autistic would have been such val valued in, in my school experience, like of being taught about what what is autism and like my peers be able to understand that a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 it's hard like to um like I think especially if you get diagnosed young you're not really uh, kind of like with how confident you are, I guess. Like you're not gonna be confident like a ten year old or nine really um unless you're <laughs> you're you, i don't know you could be but it's pretty rare if you are yeah so when when was the first time you like like well did you ever find yourself masking that or like what well, when was like the first time where you started to comfortable to tell your peers people in your social groups that you are autistic and kind of like say about your experiences and started to unmask um I guess, like in primary school, for example, there was yeah. always a um, there was always a, there, there, there was a good few that have autism or um needed the help. Like there's always this place, like um, you go in the class where like maybe you go with like a teacher, you, you sit with other people who need the help too. So I guess like um, I didn't really tell anyone because I guess I just figured people knew. Um, and like as life went on, I uh. I um I I I would go to places maybe I I would tell the teachers or uh, when I started maybe a new school or something and and stuff but I I guess I would have been where people may know of it um and stuff but especially like I like even though if people don't understand I'll I'll kind of find it hard to explain something because I just feel like they don't really care sometimes. Yeah, as you said, like but you know like that. Don't really care is like quite frustrating then and yeah that kind of you know makes you feel uncomfortable to uh open up as you were saying you know like I did end up having I extra bit support and help as I said I'm dyspraxic so like sometimes you have to go to like occupational therapy as a primary school age child then I did have to have like some lessons of out of you just to like go to like uh like you just and like to have some extra help in school like because I did have a support assistant in a compound just be was able to access stuff like uh extra time on exams and like bigger uh resources or different stuff that may help with dyspraxia and stuff other stuff but I never like said to anyone about being autistic and I kind of never felt quite comfortable to, uh, you know, like, chat to somebody, like, even, like, teacher. It's something that my mother, like, would have included and talked to teacher about, of course, but it would have been included, like, in an IEP and school information, but I wasn't ever, you know, like, comfortable starting to say, like, like I need this for being help with my autism or dyspraxia. And I think it's because you never, like... Like, see another person asking for help, or like somebody saying, What help you need? 
and they can uh, like sort of patience and understanding and I think sometimes if like in a school with all it well it sense about like the holistic experience school and like a neurotypical environment then that can make it harder to know how to make that more friendly to your artistic self. Yeah. Yeah, it, I get it's very hard to like speak about being autistic now, uh, like uh, when you're younger. But I find more now, like you get more people. I see more people get diagnosed more later. Uh, like it, it may be about maybe our age now or a bit older. Um, but uh, like I think in the two thousand, it was quite common that people were diagnosed, um, especially as males. Um, yeah. Because females are harder, isn't it? Like them to get diagnosed with autism, but. Like especially, I found like a lot of people get diagnosed around my age or even younger, and the early two thousands. But now, like I can see so much more, like more ages, which which is great. Like I mean, it's, yeah. it's really the support. Well, I guess not the support, but the people's knowledge maybe of awareness of autism and, and acceptance is um is getting better than it has been. But there's still way to go with with it. I was saying that. Yeah. There's that uh, thing where, as you were saying early on, that, you know, like in terms of like lining up cars and putting things in order and the sequencing, I think, as you're saying, that you were kind of like sort of what stereotypically, uh, you know, uh, stereotypical uh, traits of autism that's quite typical and stuff that people pick up because, like, there's like that portrait male experience, even though there's like there's issues with uh, autism being like pitted in a quite gendered way, uh, but like there's an issue with like the diagnostic criteria and like the psychological model of uh, autism uh, being uh, sold in quite a gendered way as it was having a conversation with Victoria Ellen, who you may know as actually aspling on social media. We were talking about like as you were studying the uh, Diagnostic criteria, the issues that there is with like the male and uh, female issues and seeing it quite gendered. And as said, you know, because for like a long time there's been that male focus of it and needs to be for future uh, resources to be able to understand it, not just for male or female, but that like trans non binary people. and. Yeah, I think it's like with the COVID pandemic and lockdowns, it's like I think a lot of people started discovering stuff about yourself as you have done with this podcast and starting this project. And I think for certain people, it's been like a time where they started to look into things and started noticing that they are autistic. And as you say, for women or non-binary people and certain people who masked and may not have fitted the stereotypical traits of autism in their childhood have ended masking like and created a bit of trauma and not being able to get that diagnosis earlier so it's something that they make themselves fighting on later in life and in university as I said it's good that it's starting to be plucked up now but as I said in the north it was more thing of who, who people saw as male people who might not be like identifying as male now, but like so the kind of typical dated male model of being autistic. Yeah, yeah, it, it's very important when um 
but like you say, people are non-binary and, and they find themselves and, and, and stuff like that. Like, it is important, like, um, like it's good that you tell people as well because um, it's important because um, I guess it must be hard to tell people, but in, in case people do get offended if they say something different that offends them, um, it, it is important to uh, just to, just to tell them like, like like you have today. So it, it's good because like um, it it just helps them. Um, but yeah, I guess it it, it it's very uh like like you say, lots of people found found themselves during the uh, during lockdowns especially. Yeah, as you were saying, it's like something that as you said, it's important to talk about these things and tell people as we're doing right now. But as you said, for like people in like an all the stick environment where they go into places where you might not see autistic people and you know like uh, people who might not be trained or understood to be autistic that you know you might not be comfortable or feel like safe to say that you're autistic for like getting a negative experience as like you done for many people in the interviews of recorders for this podcast experience quite some negative di- discrimination against for being autistic and the like the need of training and more awareness and acceptance about being autistic, even from like soft burgers and even like people who said being in persistence of caring and supporting autistic people as they still struggle with people in you know, healthcare and people who nurses and stuff like that from understanding what support autistic people needs. So as I say the more you talk about it, the better it can be. Yeah, it's. I think it's like, it's like it's like most things that you like you, you that you can talk about because there's so much that you talk about with with one topic, for example. Like there's so much that you can cover. Um, like for example, like if you're doing an episode about um being autistic, there's so many different things you can talk about. You can talk talk about like who you are, like like you're saying there, and there's there's other things like you can go into the depth of like. The process, how it was discovered, and and stuff like that, potentially. So yeah, there's lots of things that you talk about, and it, it's really good that you, like you say, you talk about these things because we don't talk yeah. about these things, where um no one knows really. So it, it's good, it's good that we do this. Uh, as you're saying, you know, it's good that we talk about these things, and so for listeners of my own podcast, can you give uh, some of the tasters of what certain conversations you have had on the podcast? And different things you learned from people you talk about autism or even Crohn's and other disabilities from doing a podcast. Um, yeah, I've I've learned quite a bit. Um, like I've had like you you speak about non-binary. I I, I did a um I did a series in the summer, um about um it, like the, the series was about um autism and Doctor Who because what 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 I did was is a uh, because um. What what made it was I had uh, like a, a variety like you had some people who were autistic and you also had some people who were just like Doctor Who but the part of that was because in I found um only this last couple of years in in the Doctor Who community because that's really a big community um quite a lot do have autism but some don't so I got some people who don't to discover what they knew about autism so, uh, so like a lot of them heard of it but some people didn't really know much about it so kind of educate them as well as talk about something they like as well but a part of that they had a guest on there who was non-binary um and we like it was, it was very interesting um um because 
we 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 speak about it and and stuff like that. Um, like like characters who could potentially be non-binary or if they used to if they make that we're talking about autistic characters should they be autistic in a show or or should the actor not be autistic is it okay for an actor not to be autistic when acting in an autistic person um and for me i would much rather an autistic person act it but i understand but it depends i guess like um what the autistic character is doing so if an autistic character is um not very not acting this person well it can be come across as an offense if a person is um doing it and they don't have autistic uh, and then autism but yeah that's really hard so that i learned a few things there um also i i learned lots about um different people's journeys with um autism and crohn's as well i've had a few people on about dyspraxia too um Um, which it is, it's it's good. It's, it, it, you, you learn lots, and I guess you make friends as well. Like, um, yeah. I, I always tend to like keep in contact sometimes with with, with people on who who come on because they they do the great stuff. And you spoke about Vicky, um, actually Aspen. She uh, she she's came on a a good few times. Like, um, thinking about the Doctor Who series, she she, she came on that. Uh, she uh, she she spoke about it um and stuff. And, and she and last year she was on. I think for the first time, just speaking about her autism and, and stuff she does. But yeah, it, it's it's really good. It's it, it, it's really good. You do learn lots of things, I think. Yeah. I got it. Like, it's quite interesting starting point to uh, focus on certain uh, spe- specific focused interests as you've done with Dr. Wunt. It's good way of getting people to come on and talk to you on a podcast. As you were saying, you talk to people who are non-autistic, who are Dr. Who fans. And the way of understanding the awareness of autism in that community. Yeah, I, I, I think it's great when you have people who are autistic, but I think it's always important to have people on who have no clue <laughs> or, or they don't have it or, or stuff because, like, um, like n- normally on a podcast, you'll have people that have like maybe dyspraxia or autism, Crohn's, um, and I think it's good as well. Like, it, it maybe for a friend's, um, maybe a friend's kind of, uh, way like if they have a friend of yours or or someone on your podcast has a friend and they want to talk about it um like what it's like it's very interesting to hear different points of views yeah and as you said it kind of makes for like an easy experience to get people to listen and get people on the podcast and you know like it can be quite as you say entertaining and for an autistic person and it gives you the off opportunity to have people train full temp and give plenty of knowledge on that specific interest or hobby as you're saying so you were speaking a lot about different hobbies so what are your hobbies of yourself um my, my hobbies are um well uh, i like doctor who that's uh, why i did the, <laughs> the doctor yeah. who series uh um but uh, it it was something different i've i've like what um but First time I've done that. I I like football, so yeah, um, you can tell that. Yeah, yeah. Very much enjoying the World Cup at the moment. <laughs> uh, what do you think is going to win? Who's going to win? Um, I don't say England. Um, I've got I've um I've got hope. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. It, it's gonna be very hard uh, if they get through to to semi finals. I think they will. I think they've got a good chance. Um, yeah. 
this is very um, this year's World Cup is very like unpredictable. Everyone's winning, like teams they like all the top teams so far, yeah. except from England, have lost a game. So I'm hopeful. Um, I want to because it'd be nice for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Come home for Christmas. Okay, but uh, it would have said Wales, but we all know you know that uh, never happened. Yeah, it's, it's, it yeah. was a shame about Wales. I, yeah. I, did, I did want them to go through. Yeah. I said, hope, hopefully, uh, you know, for England that they get for once. So, uh, yeah, so you said uh, football and Doctor Wee, some of your interests. Do you have any of uh, focused interests? Um, they are the main two. Um, I like any sport, really, except from cricket. I don't really like cricket. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like any sport. Um, I, um, I, I do like gaming, actually. I, I, I enjoy gaming. I, I, I game quite a bit. Um. Um, I like to game like FIFA. Like um, I'd say my FIFA team's pretty good at the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I like action. Um, I like playing action games. Um, I do. I do have a, a VR, but I don't, the only thing about the VR is that it's very wired on 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 my console. So I I, I do want to get one that's potentially that has as many wires as it does. But I do like it. Like there, there, there was actually a Doctor Who game on there, which um spoke to a few people actually about like. Lego games are really good. Um, like I guess um, for places like uh, Doctor Who, and I think they need to bring one out. Or like because um, there's a new Hogwarts Legacy game I think coming out early early 2023, um, and I want a Doctor Who game to be like that. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose there's like more fun than going into Doctor Who, so and there's like more books on like a follow up series. So who knows? You know, there might be something like that. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. As you say, man, it seems like you got good, few, you know, focused interests. Yeah. And like as you said, you know, like you would have asked that about myself. So if you want me to yeah. explain yeah, something we... on my own, yeah, what? Well, please do. Yeah, I tend to. I always been quite like a passionate music listener. He's got like over hundred re- uh, vinyl records, and I'll continuously collecting some. And tend to listen to like stuff like either like from dance pop jazz to you know, uh, indie and alternative stuff. So do like a wide variety of music and listening to stuff like on the radio. But like one thing that I found as well that helped me for the pandemic and one thing I really enjoyed uh, doing in the Six Farm is doing art. And like I never been exactly the best at doing portraits, but at least found for the uh, pandemic I've been able to like have the time just to like you know, do some for like a bit fun and like relaxing and coming and therapeutic. I started, you know, like sketch and stuff and working on it. Hmm. I think that is good. Like, like, like you like to do art and stuff because yeah, it's very it takes concentration. Yeah, I say it does take concentration, but it's just like some things like just put like make some relaxing to do and just like to like even pick up a paintbrush or just like. Just start sketching and working to to develop that skill, you know. Yeah, it is. Um, I I remember in school I did an art exam, I took two or days at this. Um, and I never, I'm not the best at art. Like I, I haven't drawn in ages, but um, but I I drew, I paint, I think I was painting something, and it took two or days. I, I couldn't be. It's, it's quiet. You have to be so quiet. You, you can't speak. Can't even breathe. <laughs> um, and I thought it was a bit quick. Well, I did pass the art, but 
Um, but yeah, very concentration it takes. Um, it does take a lot of concentration. Um, and I think, like, at least when it was doing it for fun, you know, like, all, you know, like, just doing those personal hobby, you know, like, you know, so you, it does take that patience, but, you know, you, you just, like, not not too much of a worry to, like, get, like, get it and get perfect and just can enjoy enjoy it for what it is and then just, like, like, sketch and stuff and, you know, like, maybe nothing, you know, like, would come for it, for me too much, but just, like just having a time just to do something for relaxing and therapeutic. As I say, probably like for, you know, when you're playing FIFA, you know, you're not always playing it, you know, you're not always gonna be like have a good or hundred percent of the time having a great game, but you know, you just enjoy it because you know it's quite relaxing and therapeutic. Yeah, yeah, I would say it's relaxing sometimes when you're winning. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I think like like anything. Like um, I I remember when um when I was younger, I would collect the um Doctor Who figures that they were out. Um, and I would always, I think part of my autism, I I would just pretend they're in the actually Doctor Who, like playing with them and, and stuff like they're actually in the show and like yeah, Daleks. Like I've got a Dalek here actually. Um. Right here, mm. and, um, but yeah, it's 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 nice when you get something that you like to do because it's hard, um, to do stuff you like to do, um, yeah. Like, but it's good that you like. Do you draw like when you do art? Do you just do stuff that that you like? Like it might be a, like something that you're doing, or is that what you like? Or, or, or do you just kind of draw, or paint, anything? Well, yeah, kind of been different stuff. Like previously done like. Stuff like uh, uh, um, albums, a certain artwork, like famous, uh, like yeah, album covers, and done like stuff like even like the the big to my like bedroom or dining room window, just to like kind of just go with any type of landscape to like a, you know like illustrating famous people, different neighbourhoods and people to other like people from different politicians to like. Any type of thing really that I sometimes yeah. think of, and like even like for like the uh, pandemic, I was seeing if I like could try to do like anything in space to, in space and on like reflecting the pandemic and that type thing. So it can be quite random, you know, just different stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I was just thinking like I guess with your own interest of like doctor, like more madness stuff you know and like I guess gives you that escapism from like some of the world you know like and it can kind of like it's like a nice escapism I assume definitely yeah like I'm in my spare time I I do like cosplay like where you can dress up as like characters and that yeah. um and I I, I have um I, like I, I, my, my go-to one would be like David Ten, like the Tenth Doctor. Um, but I do have lots of others that I like to do, like in, in the show, like lo- lots of different characters. I um, mean, like do- like like the autism, uh, not to the big community, but um, it's a very com- like it's very opinion based. So that like it's saying as soon as a new person gets cast in the show. Like everyone, they said, "Oh no, it, it can't. They're not gonna be good. They're not gonna be good." And I don't like that. Like, yeah. I, I like for me, it's not just to any show, any good show. I'd like, I would wait till I see them, 
and I'll judge for myself if I like them or not. If, if yeah. not, it's fine. I, I wouldn't post it on, like, I, I wouldn't, like, spread the word saying, he's rubbish, he's bad, like, that, 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 they're not good, like, they're not going to like everyone. Um, no. like, some people are going to think, am I not like who I like? It's, it's just opinions. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess you're just um, enjoying it for what the storyline is and what's in it. It's for the storyline and to what, what happens to the characters and where this plot goes. And so, I guess, we're judging more from the plot of the actual program. And I think it does make a sense of, like, finding enjoyment in, like, something for escapers like Doc too, because, as you were saying, uh, you end up doing a uh, cosplay. I think, as you were saying earlier, uh, social interactions, like, small talk can be quite challenging and, guess, engaging, like, conversation, like, small talk on, like, on, like, people's lives or, like, general, you know, like, broad, uh, you know, like, in interests. Like, sometimes that can be quite difficult to relate to, but, I guess when you can make friends for the interest of, like, as you say, Doctor Who, then, you know, like, can give you that kind of good community, like, and good way socialising, and, you know, kind of if it makes you feel like you got that place and, you know, like, you've got somewhere where you feel a bit more together, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I agree, like, um, like, I do, like, it, it's, it's really cool because, Earlier this year, I I I I went to Wales, and I uh I went to visit some Doctor Who locations. Uh, that's kind of new, I guess. Focus interest, shall we say? Yeah. Um, uh, upon that, like I would go to the the, the different locations that uh, I have my own book. So you see, like I was only a couple of days, so I'm gonna be going back next year to maybe spend more time. Um, um, uh, uh, more. I guess more like a week because I was only about there about two or three days, so as long as I left, I get a kind of a rush. Um, but I went there and I uh, it's really cool because it, everywhere I went, even though some place was maybe filmed like ten years ago, um, I'll, I'll go to like um, a place and I'll ask them, "Was Doctor Who filmed here?" And they said, "Yeah." They tell me all about it. It's almost like you, you go there for information as well. So it's it's, it's really cool. The only the, the only thing is. Is that I'm, I live about maybe five six hours away, so it's it's a while for me. But yeah. uh, I go because I'm I know I'm gonna go to the actual places. I'm not gonna go because there's so many in Wales, so you can you can spend all day uh, at a place, but like you don't want to because you want to spend go to more and more. It's really been like a bit a scene from an episode uh, when Peter Capaldi was talking to the beach very arm. Because I'm in real service, so I guess it would be like some locations nearby. Because like not not hundred percent far more near like Swansea Way, but not not hundred percent far not ha- far out from uh, Cardiff and all that very film. Yeah. Sometimes end up down Cardiff Bay and I guess you know we've got plenty of nice locations to see or yeah. from where they filmed it. So and I guess you find nice places to go to around it like different. Like restaurants, or like seem even seem like the countryside to the next coast of Wales. Yeah, it's good. Like it's it's not just a. I guess it like going if you like the location, it's a plus if it's a dot two location. But sometimes it's just nice. Like you yeah. have like like you say Carter Bay. Like, quite a lot was filmed there. Like like Torchwood, like the, the dot two split uh, um show as well. So like Swansea and Cardiff are the main two. 
like there. I didn't get the chance to go to Swansea when I was there. I, I was just in Cardiff, but like um, because the late um, Bernard Ribbon who, who passed uh, yeah. like this year, he um he, he did like in his last story um with um David Tennant in his um I think series four. It, it does, like the cafe he was in was it is in well so that's one that definitely on my list to go to next year um but it, it's it's really cool because um i guess my favorite i went to i went to these gardens that had numerous doctor locations in um and i guess i could spend all day there but the, the annoying thing was i spent a long time there I spent three four hours there and then i went to the, the one of the beaches um that was filmed Doctor Who, but unfortunately the tide was in, so I couldn't go on it. So I'm going. I'm going to have to go back to that next year, maybe at a time when the tide isn't in. But yeah, <laughs> it's it's great. It's it's great fun. Like um, when you go because I I went to um a a cathedral actually. I wasn't in Cardiff. Uh, I, I it, it was halfway. Um, and what happened was I um. I was in this cathedral, and it, it was it was it was an episode where David Tennant was in, and he was playing his piano, and yeah. I, I knew it was in this exact cathedral. And then um, the guy who was working there, um, like a priest, uh, saw I was wearing my Doctor Who top, and he said, "Oh, you, you like um, Doctor Who?" Like he said, Doctor Who was filmed here, and I said, "I know, that's why I'm here." And then mm. um, I I I um, I said. Um, he, I think he said, I, I can take you up to the top where he has, he sat if you want. But, um, and I, and I waited maybe an hour or so, um, because he said we could do it when everyone's gone. So I did that. But it, it was really cool that he actually let me because I think I was like the yeah. second person to be able to sit in that, in that, in that because they don't really allow the public to do that. So it's it's really nice, especially if you're going from a long way. Yeah. Yeah, that would yeah, that would be something big, like big to see and quick cool, I guess, for yourself. And nice guests and make some like holidays and like trips around your focused interests. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely cool. Like it's, it's, speaking about art, I see a picture behind yeah. you. Did you paint that? By any oh, chance? Yeah, like I'm still working on it. Yeah, I'm still painting uh, that. Yeah, it's just like something I thought. It started off like just like something bit random, like because I like spent the day in the airport and would like you like play on display in the garden to me, you know. But like, yeah, I just started randomly doing it. And it's put like kind of put, like a doodle painted as you can see, you know, like it's a bit random. Yes, it's it's really good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So as you were been talking quite a lot about the hobbies and focused interests. Of both of ourselves, and so like going back to some of the themes that we would wanted to discuss in a podcast, and as you were saying about Crohn's, and this is something that I wanted to ask you about, uh, like to tell you about your experience with Crohn's and how it affects you and different things around it, because it's something I haven't been able to talk yet on a podcast, and I think it'd be a great opportunity to read some NS off. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm more happy to speak about it. Um, so, I, I just, I, I, it's quite cool. But as as we record this, it is Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Week. So this week I spend quite a lot of time, like just speaking about it, speaking about things that maybe not spoken about enough. Um, so I, I, I was diagnosed when I was sixteen, seventeen. 
Um, and that had been in 2017, so I've had it had Crohn's for about five years, and um, it is a it's an illness. So um, different to autism, where autism isn't an illness, where Crohn's is an illness. Um, I always like to make sure that when I speak about these things about yeah. autism and Crohn's on the podcast, that just to be aware that people know that they're totally different things, um, but um, they do have similar things as such, which I'll get I'll get get to in a minute. Um, but like yeah, so what Crohn's is, it's a um, it is an illness that quite a lot of people have. Um, and when I was diagnosed, I didn't know anyone that had it. I didn't know what it was myself. Um, so what happened during the process of baby diagnosis was I lost a tremendous amount of weight. Um, and it like it's it's it was really it was really really I guess worrying. And I got diagnosed in the October time, but throughout that year of 2017, I noticed how like other, maybe others in family maybe noticed how much I lost weight. And stuff like that. And I went go-karting for my birthday. My birthday is in September. Yeah. And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the go-karting. I came second place. And then not not long after that, it was uh, one of my friends' birthday too. Because their birthday is in um, mid-October time. And when I went to that, I was in a tremendous amount of pain. Um, like um, So the pain was, like, within Crohn's, you can get pain. Um, not very nice pain. Um, so the pain, how I could describe it, um, it, it felt what it felt like to me. Um, it's called a flare. So a flare is this where, what, so basically what Crohn's is is where your insides are attacking yourself. So like, um, like it's inflamed. So like, like it's really, really red inside. Yeah. And um, everyone has different Crohn's. So we could have similar um, experiences, but everyone's journey is different. No one is the same. Um, so. Um, I, that pain, what it felt like, was it, my stomach area was like a stabbing, burning sensation feeling that was kind of like it weren't stopping. And um, I went to my uh, friend's birthday where I was very much in pain, but I didn't want to let them down. So at this stage, when I was diagnosed, I was in year 11 at school. So exam kind of season and stuff. Uh, at this point, I was at a school that um, specialised with people with autism and different um, abilities and, and stuff like that. Um, so they were pretty understanding, even though I didn't know what was going on myself. Um, and yeah, so within Crohn's, um, I have to take medication to kind of yeah. help that to help that. So as soon as that happened, I went to I was first I was straight on steroids, and then I had to get diagnosed. I had a colonoscopy. So what that is, if people don't know what that is, it, it is basically is where it's kind of an X-ray, but you have to, they put a tube down down your throat like a camera and then one um up your back passage but not at the same time that would be very <laughs> difficult <laughs> um so you can get sedated for it or you can have a um gas in air which is supposed to be called laughing gas but i've had laughing gas it doesn't make me laugh so uh, i dread to think why they call it laughing gas um um and it kind of with the laughing gas it makes you feel guess pretty high and drunk feeling and which is why i had that last year where i had a sigmoidoscopy last year which is basically just the um just the tube up your uh, back passage it's not the throat uh but yeah. which are, the throat one is uh like down your throat is very uncomfortable and you have to swallow so you have to swallow for, to that tube to get down if you don't swallow then there, there might be a bit of few problems going on <laughs> um but when i had that kind of lost me when i was diagnosed um, that is how I got diagnosed with crimes. 
Um, and I, 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 um, it was funny in a way because I heard, um, even though I was sedated, I did hear someone say the word Crohn's. And as soon as I go out, I say I've got Crohn's. I don't know what it is, but I've got Crohn's. And then there we go. I, uh, I do get diagnosed with Crohn's, which I get hands as a leaflet, look it up when I go home, which I shouldn't have done because, um, quite a lot of people with Crohn's do get, um, surgery in their life. So if you're diagnosed pretty young, which I class, well, I was, I was pretty young getting diagnosed. Um, it's very hard to get diagnosed, like autism, in yeah. ways. Um, like people get find hard to get an autism diagnosis. People find it hard to get a Crohn's diagnosis as well. Um, so I was pretty fortunate it didn't take me long. It took me about maybe three to yeah. six months potentially to get my diagnosis. And at the moment, to handle what with my Crohn's and stuff, I take Biologix, which dampen my immune system. So. Um, so what, what that means is like, I don't really have much of it. I have an immune system, but very little. Um, so I take, um, I take azathioprine, which I've taken ever since I was diagnosed. I take, um, um, uh, injections every two weeks, um, which is a, a, a biologic. Um, I wasn't on infusions where I would go to the hospital, but that stopped working after a year. Um, so these are really dampening. Like people with cancer patients take these kind of drugs as well. Um, so it, it, it's 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 hard, especially now because you know, like with people, kind of get on with their lives, I guess more now. So when there's no rules in place for pandemic and COVID, yeah. it's like still there and stuff. So it's hard to um to I guess do things more. And that was one of the reasons I did decide to create the podcast because I thought um essentially um like not many people are going to be doing much um it's going to be harder to see people but actually in that stage where everyone was locked in that was the best chance for me to get out uh because no one was there and stuff but yeah i i take that i take vitamin d because there are symptoms with crohn's that you can get so fatigue is one of them for me i um i did a autism talk the on um on saturday just gone and as soon as i went home i was asleep i was shattered i was like like fatigue for a person with a chronic illness is very very different to a fatigue that a person gets who doesn't have Crohn's as such or like a chronic illness um, or like anything to do with yeah. that so what it is it's almost like you haven't slept for um, days when you have but it's almost like you wake up and you're tired sometimes um, yeah. and yeah I take vitamin D so I take vitamin D every night so that kind of helps with it's supposed to help with your fatigue um, and stuff. So, like, so, like, just summary of what it is. It's basically Crohn's is a condition where it attacks itself um, in the bowel. Like, Crohn's is affected can be affected from your eyes all the way down to your like your um, bum. So if it can affect anywhere, it's uh, like I I say my stomach because it's affected me. Like, uh, and your mouth as well. It can affect so much. Um, and you have to, and and you you're prone to catching other things too, as part of that. So you you might um like a lot of people um like with autism, yeah. I found that you don't just have autism. You have someone else. It, it may be Crohn's, like maybe in your case dyspraxia. Like yeah. um, I found a lot of people like have heard that, but I've I, I've only ever known maybe three four people to have both Crohn's and autism. So that very rare you find both, but yeah. yeah, that's kind of what Crohn's is, and like, like yeah, like I say, everyone's different. Everyone has their own journey, but 
But yeah, it, it, as, well, as well as like autism having a good community, big community like that, Crohn's and what it falls into like IBD, like inflammatory bowel disease. So you have colitis as well. So some people have Crohn's and some people have ulcerative colitis. Some people can have both. Um, I think I, I, I do have a bit of both. Um, so the ulcerative colitis only kind of it affects like the colon, like yeah. like inflamed colon, and you, you, a lot of people do actually get um stoma bags um for for IB inflammatory bowel disease um which I don't have one but um I haven't had surgery actually either with having Crohn's but a lot of people do have those are the two common things that you'll find in like the community that that people do and it's really good for very interacting awareness it's awesome but like like autism there's still so much yeah. to do with understanding because people don't understand really um much as you said like you well, from what you said like it can expose my, like some of my lack of understanding and that's why i think it was important to have you on the podcast to talk about this as i think for this podcast it's good because i can learn a bit more as you say maybe but like going to effects from as i said like from maybe could be like yeah you left down to the bottom of your body because what from what people would think about Crohn's is like it would make only effect for an area that's at least what I can uh, uh, thought before. And then as I say, it can affect your whole body, not something that not many people understand. And as you're saying about Crohn's, as you said, it's chronic illness and all the chronic illnesses, it can affect your fatigue, your energy and your ability to do stuff on certain days and stuff like that. And as I said, it makes it a bit more tired. And I guess with you know, autistic burnout and autistic fatigue of like sensory all the very social days and busy days, then you know, like I guess the two kind of fatigues kind of merge into one and then it can be quite challenging. And with you know, like so many different people having different co co uh conditions. I'll try when I talk about conditions beyond uh only would I urgent on you and like why did the disability is on like I was very thought it would be great to chat to you about this. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's really good. It's important to speak about these kind of things because, like, like you say, like you didn't know often a lot about it, so you've learned something, I guess, today. <laughs> yeah, I see. I think like people may use word Crohn's and like don't know exactly much of it, and I think as you say, like there's awareness growing off it, but as I say, there's that thing, I think there's less understanding of it than there is with autism. Yes, yes. Um, uh, like, like, um, it, it's hard. Like, um, I, I, like, what when if I do stuff, I try to even out, like, if, like, on the podcast, I'll have some people with autism, some people with Crohn's, um, some people also with colitis as well, IBD, and I've, I've had other people with other chronic illnesses as well. Because I think it's interesting to hear about others because I, I know Crohn's because I have it, but I, I always like to hear maybe about other people who have different uh, um, chronic illnesses because yeah. some people do have lots. Some people can have more than one. And I, I, I had a person on here on my podcast, had to, I think 35, 36 different um, chronic illnesses. Ooh, so yeah. that, that, that was, I didn't think that was possible, but it is. And like, like yeah. I guess in a way, unfortunately, I only have one. But one is bad enough, I think. Yeah. And, um, it's hard. Like, you, like, um, like, like, like you say, like people don't think it's more, like, it affects, um, it, it, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't just affect one thing. It can affect lots. And, 
the main I guess stigma with it is that people think it's an it's a food condition where you've got to eat the right food and you've got yeah. to go on diet, which is not. Like I know people that can't eat vegetables and, and, and people say you should eat vegetables and fruit because they're healthy for you, but it's not the case. Um that, like and as well people think it's a, a toilet based condition as well, where you have to use the toilet which it does. Don't get me wrong, that, that it can, like, you can need a toilet a lot uh, and stuff, but it's not just about these two things. Like, these two things are part of it, but there's so much on top of um of it. Yeah, I was just saying there's a lot of uh, probably, like, um, wrong facts and wrong things that people have projected on you, like the people saying the wrong advice and promoting stuff that wouldn't help a person with problems, as you say. There's certain things that come out about certain diets and trying to put some certain products or like uh, uh, remedies to help with Crohn's that you know that wouldn't help at all. And as you're saying, it was good that you were able to get diagnosed while you were young and while you were, you know, like in the past trying to quick period because uh, as you're saying, like with autism, there's slab eating less and they the, you know, it can be quite st- struggle again to a diagnostic process, especially if you don't have understanding medical professional. It was um it, it wasn't easy to get diagnosed though, because um with it it was um had to get pushed to get appointments and stuff like because of what they weren't gonna see me until like a later date and I was told that I was good when I did get diagnosed, otherwise I would need a surgery or probably potential things removed in, 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 in my body and stuff. So it's good that I did get diagnosed when I did because like it, you could it's it's not nice like um but when you do get that um when stuff does happen for you. It's good. It's yeah. good that you do. It does happen. Yeah, because I was just saying, like, you know, like the quicker you can get like some sort of treatment and stuff like that, as you manage to get like certain like in like injections, medical uh, pre- prescriptions to help you with your uh, Crohn's. I guess was just happy to be able to quickly get to the you know like knowing what it is causing pain and just try to minimize some of that pain. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like we have that this constant kind of, of autism where where people say you don't look like you're autistic, you get that in the same with Crohn's. Like you'll get people say, Oh, you, you, you don't look like you have Crohn's and like like we say, like what you post what do you what you supposed to look like? So you still yeah. get that. Yeah, as like I discussed before, like from like person I've recorded for the podcast. We make but I see seen on social media uh agony RT seventeen um obvious it was like saying about like we discussed like uh an understand loss syndrome and how like she was physically dis like pre- presented as disabled with it at one point because it can be quite flexible condition different at different times of as we need to do use wheelchair and the fact that you know like at some times like you can get to a period where you're like able to move around and like the experience of being like like people have not seen you as like being disabled and yet you are disabled and then that's it as you say that's the stigma comes from you can't but people who can't see a disability just kind of like find ways of invalidating what your disability actually is 
definitely, I, 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 I definitely agree because it's something that's like you need to talk. To, it's hard to talk about these things. Like I, 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 I didn't properly speak about, it, I guess, publicly until twenty twenty. So I, I was, I had a crimes a good three, three years. So I, 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 I kept it to myself a little bit. Like, like, like when you talk about your autism, like you yeah. diagnose, it takes a while for you speak to other people about it. It was the same process with Crohn's. Like, uh, no one, it was different in ways because I knew no one in my school that has it. I was just me. It was, it was more so like different groups. You had to maybe Costa Coffee or online groups as organisations and stuff. So where I found more people, um, especially on Instagram that you just type, you can just type anything on, on the search bar and then you see more about it and more people. So I felt it was better. Um, like, Got hard to start, but as soon as the years go on, it you get you get better and you get better understand yourself of it and and stuff. Yeah, I guess I was saying that like there was not many much presence of people you knew in real life, and you know like around you beyond social media that had the conditionals and as you say, you're not I guess it made you less comfortable in opening up and saying you have problems and starting to talk about it and I guess it took you a period of time to understand it yourself and as you guess before you got diagnosed and started to have the pain and as you say that you looked up stuff about it and showed you to that and I guess that was quite a difficult time for your mental health and you know like got quite anxious about that is it yeah yeah it, 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 like it, it was very uh I probably did cry a few times. Like, I don't normally cry, but like, it, pain is not is not nice. Yeah. Like, um, like you don't expect anyone to have that kind of pain, really. Like, um, it's almost like you you are slowly dying in ways. Like, but you're not. But it's 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 hard. Like, yeah, it does affect your mental health. I don't think I really spoke about my health. Um, before I was diagnosed, like, it wasn't really a thing I'd really talk about. Um, but but more so now, I guess. Like especially with the pandemic going on and um that 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 really effective thing, especially when people get on and they do things themselves, um and they uh like like especially when I guess like I'm classed as a clinically extremely clinically vulnerable person, so um it's hard like especially even still now because you go out I guess it like my autism as well I don't like yeah. going to too close to people anyway and like I I feel like. Some people just don't have, I guess, respect for people, and they just go in people's faces. Like, it could be for a good reason, but like for helping you, maybe in a shop or trying to first show you something, yeah. they go to your face and they show you it. But you don't need to go so close. Like you say to people, and it's like they'll get offended or they'll say they haven't got COVID and stuff like that. But that, that's not the point. It's just, the point is that uh, just don't do it in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I guess with like. Like when you got that diagnosis, or when you started to notice you got pain, and that something wasn't right, like as you said, with losing excessive amounts of weight that uh, wasn't expected, and you was like, I guess, concerned about that, and that I guess made you like over worry and made you quite super anxious about how this could affect your life and you know what, what was going on, and I guess. Felt a bit clearer at that point, and then you know, like when you read never about stuff, then I guess that caused me like anxiety. But we then on the pandemic, as you were saying, didn't help because you know, like 
I guess with beginning the system now when you think you know, people you now thinking as a pandemic's over when there's a lot concern about stuff like COVID and you've still got your seasonal flu out at the moment and I guess that that's really changed things for you. Definitely. I, I, yeah, it's, it's hard, right? I guess doing stuff like this, yeah, like me speaking to different people very much helped during the start, during especially the lockdowns. Um, just talk to different people, um, like, like in the pandemic and like when lockdown stopped, like it's still good to just to hear people's story now because, um, it's, it's, it's something like I do in my spare time, but, but it's, it's good, it's good, it's good, it helps a lot of people, like people enjoy it when they come on and, Tell their stories because that, that some people have never been on Spotify before, so, <laughs> so yeah. they, they like to see themselves in there. So it's good, it's good, it's good people like that. Yeah, it's as you're saying, it's you know, like, like so rewards and all, like, so great to just get something back of it. Because I guess sometimes when you like myself and look at the list and the numbers of this, and like look at the who's like listen to this, where like you know, it's for Martin, when you see like. Oh, well, it's quite strange even when you see that somebody in Australia or like somebody in the uh, USA could have listened to this episode or like your episodes. And then when you have like feedback from guests who come on or, yeah, and they actually hear much about the listeners themselves. But, you know, it's great to hear like from people who come on and, you know, like really enjoyed and felt they got something out of the podcast interview and I guess you found that reward in yourself yeah yeah it's been, it's been really fun like do you like about a podcast what what do you think the hardest thing is about having a podcast do you think well I think the hardest thing is when well you know like there's a bit of anxiety of when you get around and make and starting it all up yourself but I think the hardest thing is like starting to find a routine with like editing because like I find Editing can be quite stressful because, like, when you put the these episodes out to get, I don't realize how perfectionist they got because they start to edit out, you know, people's MCLs, you know, like certain phrases that in the podcast that you put will, you know, like try to make it seem a bit like shorter and a bit better packaged out so, like, the listener can listen to it without it being too long and so much, like much of like certain phases that sound a bit repetitive so like it starts certain things of like getting used to the editing and you know when you kind of work on things like to either like promote it and like getting right editing software like working out how to like get transcripts technical issues so all like even because like when you started with this I guess you realized how they can kind of put it out and can be quite expensive thing and interesting and so easy to like get like something out of it so far and it takes a bit of time to work it out. Yeah, definitely. And like 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 of like, like doing that kind of stuff like when you edit an episode. Um I I I, I, I tend to do it um if it's necessary. I don't I am not one for it's not my favourite thing about having a podcast doing yeah. but if if it's necessary, I, I'll do it. But um, no, I don't need to do it all the time. If I think it's fine, I'll, I'll, I'll go with it and and stuff. But if not, if there's bits that need to come out, uh, I'll do it. And uh, so sometimes I guess we'll say 
potentially can you take something out and then I like, I'll see what I think if like um it, if some people don't like how they sound um we can adjust that but it's it's it, 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 yeah I agree that's probably one of the hardest things yeah and as I just said you know like when you work it's like working out what like the best software to record on and I was saying that there's certain costs involved that you know like we've started starting a podcast as I said like I'm not exactly in any employment now because like I tried to university and that didn't work for myself got quite overwhelmed and burned out and you know like there was so much change events and you know like there's lock as I said lock costs in trying to work out ways of trying to get the transcripts let's get the editing software sorted then we up like finding the ways of like promote this into like social media video clips and work around any technical difficulties can be quite expensive thing to and like yet to like get something like financially back from it. So like start working on go for fit and so hopefully that less of these things will be an issue with by when I like start to get more of this out in twenty twenty three and grow the audience out by like twenty twenty three plan on starting like a Patreon cha- Patreon channel so like put some of the videos out from the podcast and some uh, extra content out for people to subscribe and like contribute to. Yeah, that sounds that sounds sounds good for you. Like, like yeah. with, with next year, um, twenty twenty three, or uh, yeah. it might be d- this year if you if you if you, if you plan to release this episode in your podcast yeah. for next year. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I'll be going out. Yeah, I think I plan to get this out by. And actually, because trying to try to do a weekly as gives you space to edit and you know, like recording things in between. So, I, I find like I've got plenty of guests lined up, uh, you know, for this podcast because I've got one guest called Rose Me Rich and that's coming out to this week that we record talking about dyspraxia, Lola Maria, like whose social media you might be seeing her, like, talk, um, we're talking about like autism, ADHD, bipolar, and like a TV show she's trying to work on producing. And okay. I guess like, uh, as I said, Sarah Jean Harvey's coming on here, uh, Agony Autie, and got uh, Kevin Sedlana, who's never read a person, who's got account. So, um, so I'm on a spectrum who account is on Instagram. So got some stuff lined up. And yeah, working on trying to get plenty of guests and different ideas for different content and stuff like that. Definitely, yes, it sounds really good. Um, like with mine, um, yeah, I think this year has been the most episodes I've done so far in a year. I've had the podcast. Um, this year I think over I've done about over two hundred episodes this year. Oh, well, that's um, excellent. Yeah, I, 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 but next year I'm gonna start having a having a, having a break. Um. I always like to do a New Year's a New Year's Day episode and a Christmas special episode each year now. Um, that started last year, so I'm, I'm, I tend to do that. So after that, I'll have a little break in January, but then I might get back into it, like recording-wise, in 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 February and stuff. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's I will be taking a little break because I haven't really had that. Except for I've been on holidays and that. Of course, I've had breaks then, which I won't do as many episodes next year, but I'll still be doing episodes. Now and there, 
I suppose 200 episodes, that's quite a lot for you, you know, with 52 weeks. So I think I'll only try to like do like when we go maybe like launch some bonus friends like the next week, maybe in the long term. But as I said, it's trying to work on different ways of getting content out and that stuff. So yeah. I mean, like, I hope like you've been, that's quite a lot to do in many years, I guess. You hopefully feel quite proud of that and how much yeah. you've managed to achieve. Yeah, it's it's very good. It's very good. Like I think I, I remember I, I looked at the stats from twenty twenty one and I only did eighty seven episodes in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um so that, that's a, a big improvement, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> from uh from twenty twenty one doing eighty seven yeah. um to doing a hundred. Because you know when you get this Spotify wrapped it that it does all your, your podcast details yeah. and stuff. Um, it do, it does say it's 197 the other day, but by the time this year goes, it'll be a much, it'll be more than that. Um, than that 197. Um, it'll be probably 200 and um, um, 200 and something. Um, but yeah, I think that's really cool. Like, I, yeah, I that's did, amazing. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be that much, but I guess because I've done a few different series this year. Yeah. Um, it's cool. Um. And I guess, you know, like, you manage to, like, get so many different guests on that, so it's, it's quite amazing things to do, and I guess you manage to chat to many people on different topics, and I, like, myself, I only started back uh, doing the recordings, uh, like, in the end of October, and uh, as I say, trying to, like, go for one, uh, like, episode a week, you know, like, for uh, the rest of the next year, and I'll say, like, on my, like some ideas for content to put out next year. And, you know, like, I guess you've managed to go quite good uh, listening community. Definitely. Like, I uh, I very much enjoyed it this year. Um, yeah. I'm, um, I'm lo- I am looking forward to what next year brings. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, I do enjoy having, like, I think the easiest part of the podcast is actually getting the guests. I'll say that that is the easiest part for me. Yeah. Um, it may be hard to sometimes schedule it and that, but yeah. um, I think the easiest part is to find them, especially if you use Instagram. Instagram's a very good tool for finding them because, like, a lot of people in their profiles will say, "I'm not, they got they're autistic or they they have Crohn's." Yeah. In my case, so it's it's very very good. Yeah, because like that's how we started booking people with with be Twitter, Instagram, and when time I was fortunately left that uh, some uh, uh, journalist called Lady Wilkins. Or it's got a book out called The Autism Friendly Cookbook. Yeah, you may have heard of. Uh, she like emailed uh, me and tried, but oh, I'd love to come on your podcast. So, but oh, excellent, I'll get you on. So, yeah, she's saying it's like the most fun and enjoyable part of doing a podcast. It's getting those people on, getting those kind of questions, ideas planned, and then into uh, you know, production and start to do all these recordings because you know, like this chatting. I was chatting to you right now. That's the most enjoyable bit about doing a podcast. Definitely, I I feel I can't agree more. Like it's just it's nice just to have a conversation for a while and all. Yeah, but it's, it's I think it's really really fun. Yeah, as I say, like I always find like like they've done interviews, but like sometimes you to technology with so many different technical lasers experience doing this and I'll say it's a learning curve doing podcasts and I guess you've got like you've done so much and you like have you found like got uh, quite good feedback from your listeners and you like some things you've spoke 
surprised yourself off like what people have sent to you about the podcast yeah yeah I, I've, I've like I think I think yeah. So there have been really good like feedback. Like um, I um, I some more so each episode's different. So some might get more episodes played or than others. But I don't tell the guests that. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I, like um, it's good. Like uh, people enjoy it. I think it's the main thing that they enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. I guess that's like it's coming close to wrap up. I guess it's. Yeah. Yeah, so is there anything else you had on the question list for myself that you wanted to ask? Um, well, how I like to finish my um podcast normally, um, Aaron. Like, I normally like to ask my guests, like, if you have any maybe advice about uh, potentially autism or, or or maybe having a podcast. Like, would you have any anything just to add? Advice. So just try to think of that off the top of my head. Advice. I think it's. Trying to find that way of like finding and being comfortable in yourself for like who you are. I know it's quite hard and something working on. So like just remember that you're not the only one and find that struggle of you know being yourself and it's it's okay if it takes a lot of time to find find yourself, but once you find like how to be comfortable and just try to make work on making yourself happy and making yourself feel safe. And making sure we got the right support in place, and that you know, and alone and that. And as I try, I try to do is try to make myself like kind of quite accessible to people on social media. I kind of like, oh, you too much to Twitter now. And so, like, if you if you hitting me, run Twitter for advice, can uh, like uh, find me at on Instagram and uh, TikTok as well as Facebook at New Orleans Bow Project. And then you can email uh, newcast at aarowcreo.com. And you can also find newrainbow at that same uh, at email thing. And as I saying about a very soon podcast, kind of finding your person. And like, I guess, like, it's something I'm still working on and for, for, like finding the right device for that. So, like, it's like finding where you like you can start from, and it's kind of don't worry about uh, in the right uh, start off. Just kind of find the way you're starting and like working on it, and you know just try making it how we want it. So what like any advice you would give to like somebody starting out with the podcast yourself? Some uh, things that may help myself anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well. Um. How I'd I, I if you're starting yourself a podcast. Um. I think to bear in mind is um. First of all, decide what you're gonna use. Um. Like how like um. To to set up is not very much. All you really need is a microphone, and headphones. Um. For me, uh, I I have my mic attached to my headphones because it's quite easy for me. I used to have a mic that was separated from it. I, I had a different headset at the time when I first started, but. As it went on, I got myself a a nice a nice PC, <laughs> a gaming PC, and that. So it all worked nicely. But I would say, get uh, if you're signing yourself a podcast, I've, I've like people actually. I I have actually helped a few people. Like a few people have come on my show, have started their own podcast. So I I love that when when people do that. Um, but um, but yeah. So think of a name as well that's suitable um for for your podcast. And a logo. The logo of my podcast has changed quite a bit, but I do want to keep it the same for a while now. So, um, yeah, 
like think of a good logo you might not be able to create it yourself you might want to reach out to me or Aaron or, or, or something if you, if yeah. you want help with that because um, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we can help with that um, but um, yeah create a logo uh, like get a logo made get a um, a name which very hard kind of thing maybe to start off with and then decide um, how often you want to do it is it a thing you want to do once a week? Is it a thing you want to do twice a week? Is it a thing you just want to do once each month? Like, if you have more free time, if you're not in work, you might want to do it more often. But if you are in work, you, you might just want to do it maybe once every few weeks or something. Yeah. Um, but you can still do it. Um, so, yeah, and, and decide where you're going to record. So, um, so if you want to record... Um, so, so some podcasts are in person. So, potentially, you might want to start your podcast like us, doing it virtually but if there's maybe like a studio you could rent out or, or something like that it's i've always wanted i think that's a plan for the future i'd always love to do an interview in person i think it, it, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be good um, but yeah they're the main things just to think of yeah just to um so if you want to create a podcast but yeah it's great fun um, yeah and it's been expanding now does say like with with us said you could reach out to or for her so as i said you can reach out on the social platforms and the email address. So you said to if you got any like uh, interest in making a podcast, got an idea not to what to do with it, or when some support of promoting it and went to chat to uh, me on my podcast or chat to me about if you're in a way of promoting it or like any other bunch of production and like some assistance like that, I'm happy to been supporting that way and as you're saying with in terms of podcast recording i think try not to overthink it you know in terms of like how often you want to get get it out try not to walk, walk too much be, you know try not to run before you can walk as the saying goes don't try to over plan it so like you end up too anxious about it so start with like the next sort of when when are two ideas and just go from there and just try to build it naturally, keep it quite naturally and gone organic, something that you could easily achieve and easily to do it. Try not to make it too hard of a mountain to climb. Otherwise, you're not going to get, you know, there. As I said, you know, like, take enough time out and self-care if you need. And, you know, just try to make sure you're happy doing it and you're comfortable doing it. And try, yeah, you know, try not... If you're too anxious about doing it, pause the idea and take it time out as I did myself. And so as I say, like if you don't worry about if you've got not got the most expensive equipment, I'd get expensive microphone so that kinda coaxed me into trying to get the idea of doing a podcast again, but I did want to do it properly to engage with the guests like as I've been doing now. And so like if you can start by downloading an app like Riverside FM and, uh, and stuff like that. So it's up different apps like that. You can download to the iPhone or like Android device. And you can even start by recording through the iPhone's device or like your smartphone or like any iPad device. If you haven't got the resources for an expensive equipment. And as I say, if, if you're unsure where you're going with this and not sure how it's going to go, don't, don't worry about buying expensive equipment, just focus on getting an idea out there and just start on getting going and giving yourself the green light. 
Yeah, and I, I completely agree. And it is good to do like have those things in mind. And um, like with, with, with me, I, I actually started when I started my podcast. I just started to do it on my phone um, because I didn't have any equipment at the time. I thought, oh, look, I can do it on my phone. There's an app where I can do it on my phone. And at the start, I was paying for this app, but now I do podcasts for free. Except from the the software I use to record, everything else is free to do. Um, yeah. But um, in the future, I would love to do some merchandise, which I said on a few different episodes that other people have have, have their podcasts on, on and stuff. But yeah, merchandise have my own top with my with my logo on would be lovely. Um, just yeah. kind of just showing that, but it's it's really cool. But anyone on um um listening on Aaron's podcast, if you want to find me. Um, I'll, I'll just give you a few details. Um, That's great. So you, you can find my, my, me, um, well, my, my actual podcast on any of my music platforms. So uh, Crohn's and um, um, an Autism Awareness Advocate is the name of my podcast. So you can all listen to that. Uh, but if you would like to watch it, um, just go onto YouTube, which is Autistic Advocate for Crohn's. And that's the same on Instagram. And on Facebook, it's my journey with Crohn's disease and autism on there. Whereas it's everything's on there. I do have a TikTok which is called um, um, Mace the Crohn's Warrior, but I don't really put much um, podcast content on there. It's just me being uh, being silly. Yeah. <laughs> at, at the moment, talking a lot about the World Cup, but yeah, mm. there there are all the places where you can find me. But uh, I've, yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed speaking with you, Aaron. And... Yeah, I've enjoyed this. So I'll say you know, like everyone today, like towards uh, cost things because you know, like it highlights on the cost of living and disability and you know, like resource of people can get as they can say there's ways you can start out without spreading any cash now as you were saying that with like logos and stuff. I'm definitely like open myself to working with brands just to like advertise and see what expendable income we can get on this. And I was like I'm not as active on TikTok but I went to be in a future so like over like the start of next year We'll start to put some podcast highlights out in that, as well as some other podcasting ideas or like podcasting ideas and that. And as uh, as you just said, I got uh, you can find my podcast on all platforms as well as you just said on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, any other podcasting platform, and just by searching. Uh, autistically ours new cast and that's where you find mine so thanks for coming on my podcast and yours yeah it's been a really good podcast cr- crossover and yeah well to both of our podcasts we hope you've enjoyed it and yeah, yeah thank you yeah this may happen again who knows thanks very much and i'll just stop recording hey thanks so much for tuning in to this week's or this today's episode of the podcast even Saturday's edition today's with um, Mason Miller and myself. This has been a collaborative podcast uh, with him and this has gone out of my podcast feed, the Neurocast podcast Artistically Arves and this is for the Neuro Rainbow Project produced by our audio 